The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you really know the connection between your teeth and the rest of your health? Did you know that problems in your body can affect your teeth and vice versa? If you have silver fillings, what could they be doing to present a toxic environment to your system? Welcome to the Tooth Body Connection with Dr. Don Ewing. In this program, you'll learn about precautions and safe practices in order to keep your teeth and the rest of your body at safe and healthy levels of life. Now, here is Dr. Don Ewing. For those of you who have been listening to the show for the last few weeks, you know that I started off in dentistry and got into medicine only to come back to dentistry to find that there was this huge connection between what a dentist does to your mouth and what happens to your health. And so it took me on this quest where I have since then become the executive director for the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine, which has connected me with some incredible people through the years, one of which we're going to speak with today. I have something really important to share with everyone. This week is Mercury Free Dentistry Week. It started this last Sunday on August the 16th, and it goes through Saturday, although they will extend it for a couple of days. This is Dr. Mercola's week where he matches any donations made to Consumers for Dental Choice. Now, that's not my organization, but you're going to hear in a couple of weeks from Charlie Brown, and that is the organization that is working internationally to ban amalgam fillings and mercury throughout the world. Dr. Mercola will match all donations up to $100,000 during this week. So I'm going to encourage you to go to the website for Consumers of Dental Choice. And if you'll go to ToxicTeeth.org. And if you want to, you can go directly to ToxicTeeth.org backslash donate dot ASPX. His session that we're, we'll have with him on the air won't be until the 11th. But trust me, Dr. Mercola is not only an advocate for mercury-free world, but for uh, being against fluoride as well. And of course, today our topic is going to be on fluoride. So I'm going to encourage you to go to that website and make a donation. Um, today we're going to be speaking with Dr. Joan Sefcik. And, and Dr. Sefcik is the current IABDM president. She has been practicing dentistry for 30 years. She's in Austin, Texas, so those of you that are near Austin might want to go visit her. She's on a steering committee for trying to get a fluoride-free Austin. Joan has such a wonderful heart to try to educate individuals that oftentimes students from the dental school will come to her practice to see what it's like to be in a biological office. And she has just been so welcoming about trying to open their um, perspective of what they're learning because the dental schools are still teaching that fluoride is okay to use and that it actually reduces decay. So I'd like to introduce to you Joan Sefcik. And please, Joan, tell the uh, audience how you got started in biological dentistry. Oh, hi, Don. Thank you for having me here. Um, about 20 years ago, I had a boyfriend who had cancer. So, of course, that's when the research starts. And um, all the holistic methods of healing, and that's how I came across how the mouth is a big issue in healing and toxic. There can be a lot of toxins in the mouth. And, and so how did that change your practice? Oh, it changed it immensely. I stopped using mercury. I stopped using fluoride. And I started learning how to safely remove mercury. And then, of course, 
the whole root canal issue also. So now when I was going through the dental school, you know, we had to do research using fluoride. We were using dogs and we were convinced that fluoride was a healthy option and that it would reduce the decay rate. At what point did you get some information contrary to that? Well, when I started researching, I found out, you know, fluoride doesn't exist naturally anywhere in your body. It's not essential for life. There's, like, no recommended daily requirements for fluoride. You don't need it. In fact, God didn't intend for it to be in your body. So, and it's very hazardous or it's toxic when it goes into your body. But there are areas where the fluoride is high naturally, like in West Texas. I, I, I remember seeing patients that had fluorosis, and of course we didn't think that that was a problem then, but can you tell us about those areas with high f- natural fluoride in the water and, and what happens with fluorosis? Well, fluorosis is, are, is a permanent spots in the teeth that happens when you get too much fluoride when your teeth are developing. So it's replaced some of the um, oxygen and hydrogen in your enamel with fluoride. Well, these people have fluorosis. It means that the rest of their body has been overexposed to fluoride. And they have problems with their thyroid, with their bones, with um, collagen issues, wrinkling. With uh, You know, it affects the whole body, sadly. So now it's my understanding that... Well, the fluoride is a byproduct from atomic waste. Do you have any knowledge about um, how this came into existence? It's uh, from pesticide. I understand a lot of it's from pesticide waste. They used to have scrubbers in uh, fluoride that were emitting. It was the byproduct from pesticide um, when they were making it. And they found all the cattle were dying and the grass was dying around the area. So they had to put these scrubbers on there to collect it. And then they didn't know what to do with it. And they, they found out they had to pay for it to, to, to dispose of it as hazardous waste. And somehow, someone talked to people in the cities into putting in the water supply. I remember reading a great book years ago called The Fluoride Deception. And I actually was reading it on the way to Utah, and the people that were supposed to pick me up in Utah were um, late to come pick me up. They were at a uh, civic meeting for the city council to discuss taking fluoride out of the water. Now, I also remember having just graduated from school and, of course, thinking that fluoride was, you know, the cat's meow and that everybody should be consuming it. And hearing that there were a group of people who were trying to get fluoride out of Houston city water and just thinking that these were a bunch of beatnik hippies that were crazy, what has happened throughout time? Because we now fluoridate our water and we convince people that it alters the decay rate. What information do you have when you go to a committee about trying to get fluoride out of the water? Well, there are at least 43 studies showing how it lowers IQ and damages the brain cells, and it's been linked to autism, ADHD, and other neurological problems. Um, It's a halide on the periodic table, so it's similar to iodine, so it can damage the thyroid. There's studies showing how it damages the thyroid. It replaces the iodine in the thyroid hormone, and, and you can even have your thyroid test can look normal, but it it doesn't mean the thyroid hormone is functioning correctly because it's not working right. It's not right. Um, They've shown there's studies that it calcifies the pineal gland that help make melatonin, which helps in sleep. And, you know, how many people have sleeping problems these days? I mean, it damages the bones. It does it kind of the same way. It it, uh, makes the bones more brittle and it, it... increases fractures so the bones are more susceptible to fracture. Some schools are even monitoring kids in their sports programs if they have fluorosis because they know those kids will be more susceptible to bone fractures. What about bone cancer? 
And bone cancer, yes. Some of the young boys are, or young kids are getting bone cancer from it. And so, in the areas, so in the areas that have high natural amounts of fluoride, like in West Texas, um, is it suggested then that they should be drinking water other than sources from just their municipal water? I should hope so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they publicly come out and say it or not, because I haven't ever lived there, but... Okay. We're, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to find out about using fluoride in a dental office. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Are you ready for a real fact-based show about alternative and natural approaches to health? Listen for Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox. We're not about the latest health fads. We're about proven methods from real patients and real situations. Each week's show is an eye-opening look behind the scenes of real health. Live Healthy, Be Healthy can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. Hey guys, I I just want to make sure that I clarify that uh, I thought I said that on September the 11th, Charlie Brown would be talking to us about um, his work in getting mercury banished throughout the world and that he is working very tightly with Dr. Joe Mercola, who in fact is also working on getting fluoride taken out of dentistry and out of water supplies. He's very passionate about that. Charlie will be our speaker on September the 11th, so I want to make sure that I didn't leave anybody with an impression that we had Dr. Mercola on, although he has come and spoken to our group before at the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine, and he is a great speaker. Today we have with us Dr. Joan Sefcik, and Joan is passionate about getting fluoride not just out of the water but out of dentistry, and so she's educating lay people as well as uh, professionals about fluoride's toxicity. Now, for those of you that don't know, stannous fluoride is what is usually used, and fluoride comes in different forms, but why in the world would we even use fluoride in a dental office? So, Dr. Sefcik, can you tell us uh, what were you taught about why fluoride should be used in a dental office, and what do you tell patients now about why you don't use it? Well, we always told that it prevents dental decay. It makes the teeth stronger. But uh, what it does is it actually kind of deforms the natural hydroxyapatite, the structure of the tooth, and makes it a little stronger. And what, and what it can actually do is make a, the, the surface on the top hard, but you can sometimes have decay down underneath that can just be brewing that you can't even find on an exam with an explorer. Um, I don't use fluoride in my practice now. There are other more efficient ways to stop dental decay because dental decay is an infection. So getting the fluoride in your mouth 
because it's the beginning of your digestive tract by using probiotics. It's one of the best anti-cavity things. Get your children started on probiotics as soon as you can. Um, there's toothpaste that have hydroxyapatite, which is what your tooth is really made out of. That's little nanonized particles that you can brush with that will rebuild the tooth and uh, rebuild it better than fluoride can. So let me try to recap what you said. Hydroxyapatite is what the enamel is made out of. That is just a fancy name for the, the chemical structure or makeup of the tooth. And when you use fluoride as the de- person is developing, that changes into fluoroapatite. And that fluoroapatite is more prone to microfractures. Those microfractures are absolutely microscopic little fractures, kind of like when you hold up a china plate and you see a, a craze line in the plate. But that allows these very, very small bacteria to sneak their way through the top of the tooth into a deeper level of the tooth and create decay. Is that true? So now we find this this decay that is a kind of subterranean underneath the, the surface of the tooth, and the tooth ends up with this massive cavity in it, and the person thought they were doing what their dentist was telling them to do, which is to use fluoride. Yes, exactly. And it takes longer to diagnose it, because you usually have to wait till it shows up on an x-ray, and that's when it's really big. So we, we call it practicing medicine because we're practicing we're told one thing, and then we find out that it's not so, and we have to change. So in biological dentistry, we pride ourselves that we say that we're redefining the cutting edge. We're always looking at what's working and what's not working. So you used a word, probiotics. I want to make sure that everybody knows what that is. A probiotic is, is for life. That basically is what the term means. That would be something like your acidophilus, your bifidus, things that are found in yogurt or cultured foods, or you could get a supplement. And if you're using it in a mouth, you might even take a capsule and open it up and swish with water so that you could get some of those probiotics under the gum. When you do that, then you can even recreate some hydrogen peroxide being generated, which helps reduce bacteria in the mouth and even reduce halitosis. When we're, we're still looking at the fluoride, so if we have an obligation to try to educate people about why they want to vote fluoride out of their water, what do you go to a committee and tell? Well, we can cite, cite some of the studies, like from the World Health Organization, the National Institute for Dental Research, um, the Cochrane uh, new um, report that was out, and even the Harvard uh, new study showing how it damages the tissues and it damages brain cells. And there shows also that no decrease in caries rates in cities that are fluoridated or non-fluoridated. Oh, now, isn't that interesting? Because the American Dental Association has always touted and the government has always touted that fluoride does that. So if we look at the hard data, what we see is it doesn't make a difference at all. What actually makes a difference is that people are seeing their dentist twice a year. Yes, and I think diet's a big issue. I agree with you. I think it's huge. So why in the world would we put it in the water to begin with? <laughs> That's the mystery. <laughs> no, they st- the American Dental Association still says we're saving the children. We're saving the children from having care, you know, decay. And so what about the kids? Well, they're the most vulnerable. That's what's so sad. Because they have developing organs, their brains are developing, um, their teeth, are, their bones are developing. So when they're drinking, and their bodies are smaller, so they're getting more um, percentage of fluoride per body weight than adults. If you feed a baby formula made with fluoridated water, they receive 400% the amount an adult receives. And their organs are developing, so it does more damage to them. Now, when I went through school, it was really important that it was one part per million. But then when I got out and I started realizing that if you were using uh, a one part per million fluoridated water in an aluminum pan 
and cooking with it that you actually created more aluminum coming out and that the body was then intaking high levels of aluminum. Is there anything else we know of that fluoride can, can do besides that? It will often leach lead out of pipes, your water pipes. You're getting more lead also. So when I do heavy metal testing on individuals or when a practitioner does uh, a urine challenge and they find high levels of lead, it could be because they had fluoridated water going through pipes? Yes. Yeah, and they're drinking it or consuming it. Well, not just that. We have uh, oh. lead that's in the water for years. You know, here we had leaded gasoline for many years. So we still have pollution of lead in the environment. So we are still getting exposed to levels of lead. Or if we're looking at things like um, coral calcium or some other things that come from the ocean and there were ships that were going using leaded fuel that silts down into the water and then into the calcium. So we still have sources of lead that are coming in. So there are more reasons than just not using it in your mouth. Also, when you shower or when you bathe, the hot water absorbs through your skin, too. So what suggestion do you have for someone to try to get it out of their, their water for showering? Uh, a really good filter. I like the Omeka filters because they say they take the fluoride out and the chlorine. The fluoride and the chlorine. Yes, both of those together can cause problems. Okay, so in a dental office, uh, a patient coming in and asking their dentist for no fluoride, what could a parent tell the dentist? Just let's say they're going in for a regular checkup at a very conventional dentist. They're going to roll their eyes. Fluoride is not just the fluoride treatment. It is also in the the toothpaste, which is called profi paste in a dental office. Um, do they have the right to ask for a fluoride-free profi paste and a you know no fluoride treatment? Of course they do. I mean, it's their bodies and their children's bodies. I just wonder if, I mean, we have fluoride-free profi paste, but they may not. That's the problem. Right. Well, I can say what I tell patients is that if they don't have a fluoride-free profi paste, then they can use uh, flour pumice and mix oh, yeah. it with water and ask them to use that on their children. And I have them actually tell the dental office that their child is uh, anaphylactically allergic to fluoride and that they need to document it on there. And that way they have recourse, not that they're going to, but they, it really puts a red flag on that person's chart so that the hygienist, the assistant, the dentist all pay attention, even if they have to put a sticker on the kid when they walk in, allergic to fluoride, so that they make sure that they, they don't use that. Let's talk about toothpastes for a moment. In, in case people don't realize how toxic fluoride is in toothpastes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to this evening, go pick up any tube of toothpaste and look at the warning. If it's not on the tube itself, look at the box. Joan, what do you know about the the toxicity and the warning labels that are on the toothpastes? I just went to the store and looked at some of them because I was using it as an example since I haven't bought any in so long with fluoride. And it's not on the box. It's on the tube and it says, in case of swallowing, call poison control immediately. Hmm, isn't that interesting? What kid do you know puts toothpaste in their mouth and doesn't swallow it? Exactly. So the, the label is put on there because so many children have overdosed and died from ingesting toothpaste with fluoride in it. Why would you want to expose your child to something like that? I, I just don't understand. So in biological dentistry, I realize that a, a dentist coming out of dental school, it's foreign to them that fluoride is not a healthy option. But again, that's part of what the IABDM stands for. We try to reach out to our members and educate them and give them the tools so that they are able to sit down with their patients and say, I'm not trying to deny you something your insurance will pay for. I'm trying to educate you that it's a bad choice. We're going to come back in just a moment, and we're going to discuss some other ways fluoride has been used. 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. This is Mercury Free Dentistry Week. And Dr. Mercola is also really against fluoride. So we've chosen this week to discuss fluoride. And then on September 11th, we're going to be really touching on the amalgam issue. Um, while we're talking about fluoride, you know, fluoride has been used through the years for some not so good things either. So at one point in time, it was used in Germany by someone who was not so popular. Joan, do you have any information about how the Nazis chose to use fluoridation in the water? Yeah, they said they would put it in the um, concentration camp, in the soup that the people drank there, so that they would keep them docile and they wouldn't rebel against them. So it really does reduce the IQ of an individual. There just isn't an advantage that we've been able to discuss today in using fluoride at all. If a listener... Okay. Go ahead. It can reduce up to 25 IQ points, they say. Oh, that's pretty significant. Yes. Yeah. And, and of course, I'm sure it's based on weight. If if a uh, listener were trying to get in touch with you, can you give them your website? Uh, We have our email. It's J, Jeffsick, S as in Sam, E, F as in Frank, C, I, K, D, D, S, at gmail.com. Can you repeat that one more time for them? Uh, J-S-E-F-C-I-K at gmail.com. Okay, great. When we're talking about the um, fluoride and the ADA, you know, if you'll go back and if anyone's interested, look at the book, The Fluoride Deception. It was originally written by an investigative reporter. It's the kind of thing that when you read, it actually makes you ill to read it. Um, when I was going through there, and I don't have the book in front of me, so I'm going to encourage you guys to, to get it, read it, and find out for yourself. But it was my understanding that during the making of the bombs, that the United States was were using on Japan. And a lot of people didn't even know that they were making atomic bombs, but it created a waste, which was fluoride, that was dumped into the water. And the people were getting sick that lived around that area. And so the government got involved and said, you know, we have to try to create this illusion that it's 
it's safe, that the fluoride itself is not toxic, they're not going to get sick because they were getting sick. And so they approached the American Dental Association and the American Dental Association at that point in time, dentists were not allowed to advertise. You know, now you see advertisements that say uh, painless dentistry, sedative dentistry, cosmetic dentistry, and you see ads for dentists. You even get little postcards in the mail, come to this dentist and we'll do whatever the dentist couldn't do that. It was not legal. It was just not considered professional, and the boards regulated that they couldn't do it at all. So the government stepped in and said, here's what we're going to do. If you guys will create a seal of approval, the American Dental Association seal of approval, and put it on toothpastes, put the fluoride in the toothpastes, it will give everyone a sense that fluoride is okay. We will advertise on TV commercials and everywhere we can, see your dentist twice a year. And that actually, it's the seeing your dentist twice a year. It's the being more preventative and just looking for decay that reduce the decay rates than the introduction of fluoride at all. And so it's important that um, we know that there are ties in there about the fluoride. So I found it very interesting at break talking to Joan that um, you told me something about the American Dental Association not really being an advocate in the beginning. Can you share that with us? Originally, when they were talking about putting fluoride in the water, the American Dental Association was against it because of all the um, damage it would cause to the bones. I I did find something interesting yesterday, too. There's a very nice uh, golf course here in town, Country Club, and we found out that they monitor the fluoride levels daily uh, to decide whether to water or not because it'll kill the grass. The floor, oh. I guess. Oh, that, that's interesting. So I know that you're very proactive in the Austin area. Can you tell me what's been going on? Because I, I know we've got members in California, and some of them have managed to get fluoride out of their water. Others of them have not been able to get fluoride out of the water, but they're increasing the awareness. So remember, uh, for you folks, that Joan is in the Austin area, in Austin, Texas. So tell me where Austin is. Austin's in the, deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I meant, where are they with the fluoride situation? <laughs> oh, well, we went to the council. We had two subcommittee meetings Wednesday, and um, we presented, and the pro-fluoride people presented, and we had one council member on our side, and um, and no one seconded the motion to bring it to the council. It was very sad. And so fluoride is still going to stay in the water? Well, I, they told us we should get a referendum, get to 20000 to have everyone vote on it. So $20,000, 20,000 people for signatures? People to sign signatures for, so that they can have an, a vote on it. Okay. Do those people have to live in the Austin area? I would think so. I think so. I'm not sure about all the legalities of that. Okay. If you'll certainly let me know, then we'll publicize that for individuals in case it can be outside of that area. I know that I had one of our members that emailed me to say that he got fluoride out of their um, city, but it was in a roundabout way. Their fluoridation system broke, and because it was going to be so costly to buy another one to put it in, they simply voted to take it out. I mean, when they looked at the statistics and the information that he had to share, they said, yeah, okay, we really don't have the funding to be able to put it back in if it's not going to make that big of a difference. But I do remember when I was growing up, we lived in Atlanta, and it was a big deal, and my family was very proud of the fact that Atlanta was putting fluoride in the water and that they thought that was going to be helpful for me. I, yes, you know, It's so funny it's how things... Yeah, it's funny how things change. And, of course, you know, if you're a parent and you have a child who's going in for a fluoride treatment, that fluoride treatment can be done one of many different ways. One is they may give them a liquid solution and have them swish it for quite a long time and then empty it out. Or they may paint their gums with like a gel and have them sit there and then suction it out or spit it out. Or they might have a tray that they fill with fluoride 
and they insert that tray, which is really the most difficult way because some of it slides down the back of the throat and the patient has a tendency to gag. But if your child has a dental appointment, they have a fluoride treatment, they're nauseous afterwards, more than likely they ingested fluoride. And your body's smart. You know, your body, the way God made it is if something toxic comes in and it does try to expel it. So if, if that happens to your child, then maybe you need to call poison control and tell them that your child swallowed fluoride. Be very interesting if they tell you that you need to give your child some Ipecac and induce more vomiting in order to get that toxic fluoride out. Well, when you ingest fluoride, it turns into hydrofluoric acid in your stomach. It combines with the hydrochloric acid and forms hydrofluoric acid. Hydrofluoric acid is so caustic, it eats through glass. You can't even keep it in a glass container. So this is, you know, eating up your stomach, going throughout your body, causing damage everywhere. And so what kind of toothpastes could one use if they were looking for something that didn't have fluoride in it? Let's offer people some safer options. Well... There's some with essential oils to help kill bacteria. There's, uh, there's a lot of good toothpaste around that have no fluoride. There's some that have like the little nanonized particles of the hydroxyapatite like we were talking about. There's some that use the um, casein from the milk to remineralize the tooth. There's um, a lot of them with, with essential oils and herbs in them. So generally, if you go to a health food store and you look for something that is fluoride-free, and of course, we would also like it to not have a foaming agent in it as well. because yeah, sodium lauryl sulfate. Right. That sodium lauryl sulfate can, in some instances, cause um, what look like little aphthous ulcers or cold sores for individuals. And so we just try to educate people about things to use. Now, I'm going to tell you in my, in my personal practice, I tell people there is no need for toothpaste at all. So exactly. if, if you're using a toothbrush and you are mechanically removing the biofilm or the plaque that's on there, then that should be adequate. And my example that I use is when you get ready to floss, you certainly don't take toothpaste and smear it in between your teeth so that you can work it in between your teeth with the dental floss. That's the mechanical action of the dental floss going up and down that removes that slime, that biofilm, which we used to call plaque, that the toothbrush can adequately do as well. And if you don't have a toothpaste that you're using, especially something that doesn't have a strong taste to it, then your tongue, with its tactile sense, its ability to feel things, can run all over your teeth. You can run your tongue all over them. And if you still feel something that's rough or fuzzy, then you need to go back over that area. But when you use a toothpaste that has a strong minty um, or any other taste to it, you deaden the end of the taste bud. You use you lose the ability to be able to feel for a few minutes, which is why a lot of adults brush your teeth enough that your mouth tastes better, you think it smells better. Then you're driving down the road and you feel, there's a rough tooth, and you get your fingernail and try to scrape it off. That's an area that you missed, and the minerals in your saliva will deposit on that like a hard water deposit and turn it into what we used to call tartar or calculus, which make it much more difficult to be removed. So I'm going to suggest that people not use a toothpaste at all, especially for small children. And then as they get to be older, use anything that doesn't have a foaming agent and doesn't have fluoride. This week, we mouth to taste good, I'd say add some peppermint oil afterwards. That's a great idea. Uh, you know, there are lots of mouthwashes that are also fluoride-free and don't have any foaming agents in them. This week, we've been speaking with Dr. Jones Sefcik. Dr. Jones' office is in Austin, Texas. She's a biological dentist. She is this year's president of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. We have an upcoming event that will be in October in Nashville, where if you want to meet any of the people that have been uh, featured in the last few weeks, 
If you go there, you'll be able to see them. If you're a practitioner and you need information, you can feel free to email me at drdawn at drdawn.net or you can get in touch with Dr. Joan Sefcik and she would be able to answer your questions as well as we are really good about mentoring new dentists in this arena because I totally recognize, Joan, this was not what you were taught in dental school. Is that right? No, not at all. (laughs) This is like a 180-degree flip. Yes. Uh, Yeah. In in most our own research and our own studying. Right. And and that's, that's really an important fact is that once you get out of school, it just gives you a license to be able to practice but it really starts your educational process then. So I'm going to encourage people to look at our newsletters, um, to come to the meetings. We also have smaller group meetings where we educate individuals. And I want to thank Joan for being our guest this week. When we come back after break, I'm going to give you some information about uh, some of the upcoming meetings that or lectures that we have coming up on the next few weeks. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. We are going to talk about some of the upcoming shows that are coming up. Um, next week, Dr. Michael Margolis is going to talk to us about cavitations, about hidden jaw infections. These are areas that... Uh, could occur because of an accident that you had or because of a clotting disorder or maybe you even had a tooth taken out and there's still some infection down in the jawbone. You may or may not be having any jaw pain. You actually may be having pain someplace else in your body. I'm going to encourage you to listen to that show next week. It's on hidden jawbone infections. And then the week after that, we're going to have Dr. Nick Meyer who is going to be talking to us about 10 reasons why not to have an amalgam. And you will be blown away at some of the reasons. You need to educate yourself so that you don't make, uh, you just don't let somebody do what they think is best for you. You become a participant in your own health choices. 
and you get educated about what materials are going to be used in your mouth. Not every white filling is going to be a safe filling. You want to make sure that it's not something that you're going to react to. And then I'm really excited to share that the following week, September the 11th, Charlie Brown is going to be with us as he is educating you about what he's doing in the world to try to eradicate the use of amalgams. You know, mercury is still the standard of care. What that means is if you have decay and you go to a regular dentist and you have insurance or don't have insurance and they're going to restore that tooth to function, they're going to offer you a mercury filling. Only in an office that thinks it's ugly would they call themselves mercury-free and maybe offer you something that's white. In an office that's mercury-safe, then they would remove a mercury filling following a very strict protocol. And just so that you know, we've covered that protocol on one of our previous segments where Dr. William Gleros was sharing with us how to find a biological dentist. What kind of questions do you need to ask to make sure that the office is in fact a safe place for you to be? Because there's a lot of places that will even join an organization just so that they can say they're a member of an organization, but they don't follow the protocol. So you need to be armed with the questions to be asked and what the answers you're expecting to hear. And in case you want that list and you don't want to listen to the show for whatever reason, you can go to the website www.iabdm.org. And if you go to our webpage, you'll find that list of questions. You can go to our Facebook. I encourage you to like us on Facebook. Share the information with as many people as you can because our mission statement at the IABDM is to try to educate the layperson because like you'll find out when you hear Charlie speak, a lot of this is consumer driven. You know, fluoride was put in the water years ago because we thought it was the right thing to do. If we actually had people sitting on our uh, boards now that were looking at the information and the hard science, they would make different decisions now. But people don't go back and look at things until consumers really drive it. So this issue with mercury being taken out of people's mouths and root canals and cavitations, it's all truly being consumer-driven. Because of the Internet now, people are much more educated I have patients that come in that ask completely different questions because they are educated and they've done that themselves by going online. And I'm not going to say that everything online is the gospel because I have to sift through stuff myself. You know, even when it comes to the gospel, you can find things on there that you know in your heart are completely wrong, but somebody wrote an article on it and a lot of people think just because it's online, it's true. Do your homework. Listen to some of our broadcasts, share some of the information with other people, and create a dialogue. We have uh, some other people that we've spoken with on options instead of using a CPAP machine and using an oral DNA appliance to try to uh, not only prevent snoring but to get better oxygenation to the tissues. So because dentistry involves more than just restoring a tooth. Dentistry is everything that goes on in your mouth. If you've got a problem with oral cancer, it's your dentist that should pick it up. You know, years ago, it used to be your physician would look in your mouth and look for problems. Now, they look past the teeth into the back of your throat. It's the dentist that actually looks at all of your oral mucosa. And so I'm hoping that in one of our sessions, we're actually going to be talking about biological dental hygiene. What do you do if you have periodontal disease? 80% of individuals have periodontal disease, and there are other treatments available besides just cut the gums and pull out teeth. So we want to try to Open your horizons for some things that you can do using ozone therapy, using different kinds of mouthwashes, using probiotics, getting involved with an office that uses a microscope so that they can identify whether you have a parasite in your mouth or whether you have 
bacteria that are in an overgrowth like a candida or a spirochete infection. So those are all things that involve biological dentistry that a traditional dentist, although you may love your dentist, he may go to your church, he may be the the best friend you have. If he's not knowledgeable about these areas, then it means that you need to seek out someone who can meet your needs a little better. We also talk about things like compatibility. The materials that you're going to choose to place in a mouth when you're taking out some toxic materials, we need to make sure that those items are safe for you. You know, you may not show up positive for celiacs, which means that you don't have an antibody to gluten, but you certainly could be gluten sensitive. None of these materials are what God gave you. So we want to make sure that we put in something that is compatible for you. And there's actually testing that can be done for that. That are and though some of those things are, again, our mission statement to reach out to the layperson. There just isn't time in an office to be able to teach a patient everything that needs to be done or everything that an office does. So my hope is that you will go back and listen to all of these airings that we've had and that you'll share them with other friends so that they can become enlightened as well. This is the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine's Tooth-Body Connection. You can certainly listen to my segment on that, on how teeth are connected to different organs in your body. Very tight connection there. And we hope to listen to you in the future, have you call in and ask some questions so that we can get some specific answers to you. But if you don't want to call in, you can email me at drdawn at drdawn.net or go to our website, iabdm.org, and certainly tap in through connecting. You'll, you'll get right to me. The word of the week for this week is fluoride. If you call in next week and you use the word fluoride, we will send you a book, no charge, Let the Tooth Be Known, which goes over everything there is in biological dentistry, and uh, as well as that tooth-body connection, things that you wouldn't think of like the difference between using uh, nickel wires in your mouth for orthodontics versus using the Invisalign and advantages and disadvantages, what a bridge is, what options you have for, let's say, an implant. There are two different kinds, a titanium versus a zirconia implant, and what the cost of your health may be in using either one of those. As you can see, there is a lot that has going on with biological dentistry. I hope that we're able to reach and connect with each one of you. Until then, thanks so much. Next week. Thank you again for tuning in to the Tooth Body Connection. Please join your host, Dr. Don Ewing, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again about a healthy mouth and a healthy body next week.